0: failure system failure Who were the carriers? The others What others What is the Black rock? Have you seen other people on this island? Matt here and welcome to Looking Back at Lost, where each week I look at another episode of ABC's Lost to see how it fits into the series as a whole. Today I'll be covering episode 109, entitled Solitary. And let's start, of course, with the Wikipedia summary. In the flashbacks, Saeed is a torturer in the Iraqi army. He is instructed to torture a woman until she answers his questions. Saeed discovers that the woman is Nadia, a childhood friend. She reveals that she has been tortured before and nothing Saeed does will persuade her to talk. Saeed ultimately frees her and tells her how to escape. His superior finds and attempts to kill both, but Saeed fatally shoots him. Saeed shoots himself in the leg and tells her to leave as reinforcements arrive, making it appear as if Nadia shot Saeed and the other officer to escape. On the island, Saeed finds a mysterious cable running out of the ocean and into the jungle. While following it, Said is caught in a trap. A mysterious French woman cuts him down and ties him to a bed in a bunker. She asks where Alex is, but when Said says he does not know, she shocks him with electricity using batteries and a cable. Said tells his torturer his story about the French transmission. The torturer then identifies herself as Danielle Rousseau, the person who sent out the distress signal. Danielle finds a picture of a woman among Said's possessions and he identifies her as Nadia. At camp, everyone is distressed. John Locke and his new hunting companion, Ethan, give some newly found luggage to Hurley. He looks through it and finds golf clubs. The next morning, Hurley builds a golf course to improve morale among the survivors. Rousseau asks Said about Nadia and reveals that she was part of a science team and they were shipwrecked on the island. She identifies the others as the carriers of a sickness that her companions caught and says that the others whisper in the jungle, although she has never seen them. Said escapes from Rousseau's bunker while she is gone, grabbing a rifle and notes she made about the island. Rousseau finds him, and they have a standoff. He fires the rifle, but nothing happens. Rousseau says she removed the firing pin. She then reveals that it was she who killed her team under the motive of stopping the disease from reaching the outside world. Said talks Rousseau into letting him go, but before he leaves, he asks about Alex. Rousseau says that Alex was her child. While trying to find his way back to camp, Said hears the whispering Rousseau told him about. Now with that, let's get into my uh, various thoughts about the episode. There's a beautiful opening shot of the stormy South Pacific, And lonely old Saeed pining away for Nadia uh, on the shoreline. It's his true love who he will love forever until Shannon comes along, of course. Uh, Also, it's the intro of a huge mystery, that of the cable. Sure, he follows it into the jungle, but the the real business is that uh, it leads into the Looking Glass Station, of course. Oh, Charlie, don't go down there. It's not Penny's boat. It's... Obviously, just uh, a, a fantastic little seed that's being planted, and uh, one of those mysteries that you think the show, or at least you would have thought in the first two seasons, first two and a half seasons, that the show just wasn't going to uh, get involved with, or was it one of these examples of you know, lost never pays pays off any of these mysteries, et cetera, et cetera? But boy, that the 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 stuff going on at the Looking Glass Station is just absolutely wonderful. Punctuated by Charlie's untimely and unfortunate death. Um, and it all, in a sense, starts here with, with that cable that Said finds in this episode. Now, from this wonderful kind of uh, cinematography and this wonderful seed that has been planted about the episode, from that high, now we go down to a low. ARG, more rehash from the previous episode. This is something that they seem to be doing episode after episode, and it drives me bonkers. Sawyer sits and explains how he was injured last week. If you're going to have a previously on lost, and I believe the one in this episode is about 45, 50 seconds. If you're going to do that, you then also don't need someone to sit and say, you know, my arm is so cut because last week, you see what was going on was this. There was a tussle. and It's, again, I know that this is so early in the show. They don't fully understand the rabid, intelligent fans that would come to the show. But it's just, it's a bitter pill to swallow, to sit here and to listen to them rehash things, particularly in this uh, post-broadcast era. You're either watching it on Netflix streaming, you're watching it on DVD, Blu-ray, online, illegally, whatever it might be. But you don't have to wait s- seven more days to see a new episode, Um you, you can see them one after another and this is this is a leftover from the tv era of the show and now that we're in this the post tv era of it on on home uh, home theaters everywhere it's just it's annoying it's annoying um moving on once saeed gets trapped uh, in that uh well in that trap that rousseau has set Seeing him get hit by that pointy stick, it just really hurts. It's this wonderful moment. He's swinging towards it. Nice still shot of the pointy stick. Him screaming as he gets hit by it. Just a nice little bit of, I mean, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere, right? It's not you know some injury that then they have to deal with further. Uh, I mean, he spends the rest of the episode in Rousseau's bunker with just his head bandaged up. I, I guess a bit of a limp, as I recall. When he's leaving, he has a limp. When he finally makes it back to camp. It's not a huge story point, Uh, certainly in this episode, and my recollection overall is that it's not a huge story point, but it's just a nice kind of ooey-gooey crunch moment. Um, Also, there's a neat bit of symmetry in this episode, a really neat bit that lends itself so well to, as I say every week, the notion of this podcast, which is to be looking at these episodes from the vantage point of the completed series. This is the introduction of the first new people, not person, but people, that the Losties have met. Sure, we know that Rousseau is new, but it's also this very, very, very sly insertion of Ethan. This insertion of Ethan into the fold appears to be an unseen background, quote, uh, background character to a quote-unquote bit background character much like uh I think it's Sullivan who's the the name of the character in this episode only appears in this episode who has the the skin rash that jack kind of you know was dismissive about that's we'll talk about in a bit but they just hide Ethan's introduction by having the more interesting hives guy as I called him in my notes the more interesting Sullivan who's you know he's got hives hey it really itches doc um you know, again, as I said, who Jack kind of blows off, you know, it's just Hives, get over it, guy, is kind of Jack's take, but Sullivan, Hives guy, is much more interesting as the whiny, you know, are you guys playing golf? Well, can I play? Meanwhile, who in his shadow, so to speak, Locke says, hey, I was hunting with this guy, Ethan, and then Ethan appears in, a, in another scene. He's even at a certain point towards the end of the episode, Ethan is just in the background as an extra might be. Uh, in one scene, in fact, it, Kate has the medium shot, and Ethan is in the background, blurry. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic way to introduce somebody, and obviously the, the huge payoff in one of the great cliffhangers, and perhaps the the the, the, the first fantastic cliffhanger uh, in next week's episode. It it it's started here. Wonderful. Um, speaking of symmetry. There's a really slick move that or it's a slick move that Saeed has left camp because he tortured someone only to be caught by Rousseau, who then promptly tortures him. Irony, irony, irony. It's just, <laughs> you know, that's what you get. Um, seeing, moving on, seeing this episode for the first time and indeed even this time. I, was, I would have thought that it was uh, going to have subtitles the whole time, the whole time that they're in, uh, in um, the Iraq flashbacks. Uh, indeed, I'm sitting there re-watching it this time, typing up my notes. I'm saying, oh, I'll really have to, to pay attention here. But to their credit, they do you know—take uh, take one of these old tricks from movies like Judgment at Nuremberg and Hunt for Red October. They do subtitles for a bit zoom into the mouth, do a little camera move, and switch over to English to say to the viewer, yes, what you're hearing is actually uh, is actually the native tongue, uh, in this case Arabic. Um, I wonder what the discussion was to continue to have Korean uh, with the Sun and Jin flashbacks in other episodes, but to switch over to English in, in this episode. Probably the the thinking was, you, you don't have Sun and Jin speaking English on the beach. You're very conscious of them speaking Korean. They're uh, at the fringes of the group uh, because of this language barrier. So you, you can't have them speak actual Korean on island and then speak fake Korean, which is English, but TV Korean, because we've said, wink, wink, they're actually speaking Korean, but we're going to call it English in the flashbacks. I mean, that would just be confusing. Whereas to do a little camera move with Saeed in this and then say, wink, wink, it's actually, you know, when they're in Iraq, they're actually speaking Arabic, but we're going to pretend it's English. It works in this, and I I suppose it wouldn't work for for, uh, the Sun and Jin uh, flashbacks. Um, Anyhow, enough of my uh, analysis of language here. I love the irony, too, about there's this, there's this uh, notable but very muted introduction of Ethan who's been hunting with Locke. To me, the irony is, that's right, Locke, the Zen master, uber protector, has spent a day with the first lying, inauthentic uh, threat to them all, the first other to infiltrate camp. He has spent the entire day with Locke. Locke doesn't question it at all. Locke doesn't pick up on it. He's just happy-go-lucky, happy to have a friend to hunt boar with. Uh, what proof do you need that Locke uh, <laughs> makes poor decisions on the island? Uh, if oh, Well, goodness, if, uh, if Boone's death and, and other future follies weren't enough, well, here we have another one. Um, as I mentioned before, obviously this episode features the introduction of Rousseau, uh, Interestingly enough, by the way, talking about this symmetry, Rousseau gets her introduction right after the introduction of Ethan. It's this wonderful little, little. here we have two new people. You just don't know it. You just think it's a couple of crash survivors that are getting some lines. And But now we have a really important character in The French Woman. Nope, Ethan's introduced, then Rousseau is introduced. Um, her scene ends with, I know what you are. She's saying that to Saeed, suggesting that he's an other. This episode is about the others. It's the introduction of the others. It just masquerades as an episode about the, the French woman revealed. Uh, it Incredibly effective. And just uh, a joy of an episode, and a joy of a storyline to, to look back on and to see they are running on full power here in an episode that has... Not even Easter eggs, it just has these literary things that are that have been planted ahead of time to come to fruition later to make us really realize that this isn't a sloppy production, that this is a show with a long-term plan. Speaking of a wonderfully orchestrated show with a long-term plan, on a technical level, there are some camera focus problems in the first Saeed Nadia scene. Said is occasionally out of focus. Guys, I, seriously, how do you not keep your actors in focus? I, I don't understand. I, I feel bad for the editor who now has to apparently craft some kind of scene with um, with actors that are out of focus. Not in an artsy sense, like you go for a close-up and you can't see them. Anyhow, um, aside from that little uh, uh, camera issue during, uh, during one of the flashback scenes, the episode's flashbacks certainly are effective for just showing the old, vicious Saeed. It, it sells it. It really does sell it. Um, but anyhow, back to some of the Rousseau business. A really tricky seed, and I don't mean difficult. I mean uh, a, a very smartly planted seed is put into this episode when Saeed asks Alex, who is he? It gets a weird look from Rousseau. Upon the first viewing of the episode, we would just view it as a coincidence that Rousseau starts to treat Saeed differently from that point. She's calming down. You know, this is a TV show where it's not going to be the entire episode of him getting uh, him getting tortured. Something, you know, some kind of pacing is going to change. She's going to change in the in the 45 minutes, the 42 minutes of the episode. But let's look back now upon second viewing. What's that? What's that? Strange look that Rousseau gives him. In actuality, it appears that when she hears Said call Alex a he, that's when Rousseau truly realizes that Saeed isn't from the bunch of people who stole her daughter. She must be sitting there saying, Well, if you know, if you stole my daughter, you'd at least call her a her. You wouldn't say, Alex, who is he? To my mind, that's why once she realizes this and starts to process that. That's when she's sympathetic to him and his story. The story of he is a survivor. He has a, of a plane crash. He has heard her transmission. That's why he's there. He wants to find the source of it, and he seems to have an increasingly plausible story in her mind, so I argue. Um, moving on back to our our main bunch of people. There's more on the front of Jack caring for people's bodies today, but Hurley caring for people's minds tomorrow. And that is, uh, in two words, I suppose it's three, because I can count very well, the golf course. Take a listen. Welcome to the first and hopefully last Island open. What? It's two holes, for now. Three par, and no waiting. Early. you built a golf course? Rich idiots play at tropical islands all the time to whack balls around. All the stuff we gotta deal with, man. This is what you've been wasting your time on? Dudes, listen, our lives suck. Everyone's nerves are stretched to the max. I mean, we're lost on an island, running from boars, And monsters. Freaking polar bears. Polar bears. You didn't hear about the polar bear? Look, all I'm saying is, if we're stuck here, then just surviving's not gonna cut it. We need some kind of relief, you know? We need some way that we can... You know, have fun. That's right, fun. Or else we're just gonna go crazy waiting for the next bad thing to happen. It's just... So touching to see hurley concerned about their souls and i don't necessarily mean that in the the uh uh, religious sense that that the the final episode of the series delves into at the end you know hurley's worried worried about the the mind and the soul and people's feelings and and these sort of longer term but nonetheless practical views uh Meanwhile, Jack and, to be fair, Michael, are are irritated that this is taking away from uh, more mundane and and daily duties of, and, I mean, to be fair, also important duties of uh, dealing with the water supply. There's a fascinatingly interesting bit where Michael is talking about building aqueducts or or, or something out of bamboo. Um, Jack caring for sick people. uh, I mean, again, I mean, I usually tend to be pretty harsh on Jack. His concerns are not unwarranted, but I love that Hurley's concerns are on a whole other level. It's not golf to have fun as much as it is golf to have some way to recreate, some way to escape these awful conditions that they're in. Um, Another effective thing for the audience is that the golf course storyline does bring some welcome relief relief really from Said getting his butt tortured by a crazy French woman. Last week, Sawyer was tortured. There's a kind of, uh, there's angst on Island. There's angst in the flashbacks. This is a nice little break to spend some time with characters that you enjoy. Um, moving uh, back to Rousseau, by the way, quick little detail I picked up. Rousseau cleans her hypodermic needle with sandpaper. Apparently just that's hardcore right there. That's, Concerned about germs, but not screwing around. I don't know. It's just well done. Well done. Um, and, I mean, even with, with the casting of Mira Furlan as Rousseau, it's also just perfect. She looks beautiful but faded, but uh, also just bat poop crazy. And a lot of that is her acting. A lot of that is the hair department. that just makes that mop on her head look like a mess. Um. And she's also the source of planting another huge, huge seed that the show would go back to, and back to, and back to, and back to. Uh, The seed is the Black Rock. And here's a clip. We were coming back from the Black Rock. It was them. They were the Carrier's who with the carriers the others so my bad not one but two uh huge seeds planted there in the in the course of a was that a 10 15 second clip uh not only are they mentioning the black rock but it's also the others now if you can re- remember back to the first time you saw this episode uh i, I know i can and certainly the recollection of the black rock I mean, I took it as literally. I was trying to imagine them going through the jungle and there's a giant black rock. And I'm saying, well, what in the world? You know, I don't get how that's going to be of any interest, but, you know, there's polar bears. There's this, you know, hooting, hollering monster. There's all this crazy stuff going on. You kind of can't keep track. And just, you know, the episode where the black rock is revealed to be a ship, it's like, oh, the black rock. Got it. Um, and to a certain degree, the same thing with the others. I mean, it's become so, uh, so just part of the language, uh, you know, to say the others and understand that it's a, it's a capital O as opposed to you know some of us over here, some of us over there. You know, no, it's, it's the others, the, the, the bunch in opposition to us. Uh, just the, the artful creation in this episode is mind-boggling. The literary. Uh, the literary attention to detail, things that can be, little threads that can be pulled, tugged at later and turn into <laughs> whole whole cloths themselves. It's just astonishing the, the seriousness that they uh, treat this episode. But not so serious that they can't have, by the way, another longing shot of Shannon in the bikini up from the feet to the face, skin showing... Rear end in sight, just yum, delicious, delicious. Um, But back to more serious things. Um, Here is another clip that which, uh, well, I found to be ironic. Take a listen. Where are you going? If we're lucky, it's one of the bears. If we're lucky. The monster there's no such thing as monsters: What I like about that clip is, in a sense, it is very, very true and I, you know every week, dear listener, we, we discuss how much was planned ahead of time, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I don't think that they... I don't know. I don't think that they uh, meant this to be a, a, a key uh, clue towards the things that we would know later on. But nonetheless, it is very true that in a large sense, there, there are no such things as monsters on the show. There's not the island monster. It's just a man who's in different forms. Now, granted, you might say, well, what do you call a man who is uh, you know, un- the undead shape-shifting smoke who can lay waste to all those around him? I mean, that's a monster of sorts. I'll grant you that, but it's not. You know, we had visions of the 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 T Rex, the Predator, this sort of monster out there uh, in in early and perhaps middle and late episodes. But um, I don't know. For all for my money, there are indeed no such thing as monsters. Um, another, there's another thing in this episode that I'm not saying a lot about, and that's the flashbacks. Really, haven't discussed it a lot. Insofar that Lost is essentially two shows, the A story is on the island, the B story is in flashbacks, the A story is almost always the mysterious, twisting storyline, and the B story tends to run pretty straight through. Say it's a bad guy, meets somebody who changes him, Saeed's a better guy, a nicer guy at the end of the flashback. You know, I, I hope you don't feel shorted that I'm not spending tons of time talking about the the Iraq flashback. To me, it's just kind of uh, it's it's shading and detail work uh, to the on island character in this episode and in episodes in the past and episodes in the future. Um, just it isn't always that interesting. I don't know. Um, what is interesting is uh, this next clip, which I will talk about afterwards. I almost didn't recognize you. You're smiling. I have to watch that. <laughs> How'd you come up with this? It wasn't me. It's all Hurley. I've been going crazy trying to make everyone feel safe. I haven't been sleeping because I want everyone to feel safe. He builds a golf course, everyone feels safe. Yeah, I really feel bad for you, Jack. I really do. Um. On a bit more of a serious note, I got an email from Bonnie, who's uh, been uh, a very loyal listener, and she basically had the following argument: that she, of course, re- brought up the the the, uh, the idea that Jack's character was originally meant to be killed off quite early on, uh, but she connected that idea to the fact that Jack perhaps was never meant to be the true quality leader because he was never fully meshed into the thrust of the show. This isn't to say that he's a minor character, of course. He, he certainly is one of the the major characters. But I think that Bonnie's argument is that the the structure of Hurley as leader was built into the DNA of the show, whereas Jack is just a newer addition. Uh, and and it's certainly play, uh, suggested in this episode where Jack is, in a lot of ways, playing second fiddle to Hurley. Um as I said before, Jack is out curing bodies, and Hurley's out in this episode to cure, uh, cure souls and to improve those around him. But one person who isn't uh, perhaps improved as a human being by the, the golf course is dad of the year, Michael. Take a listen. Dad! Hey, come here. Check this out. Wanna, uh, come here. Let me... Duke, get away from me. You, you left me I, alone I at read, the cave. What? I left with glare she's sleeping oh man i'm i'm i'm, I'm sorry i just uh, i just got caught up i'm, I'm really sorry well I'm sorry. i screwed up i'll make it up for you hey you want to play <laughs> <laughs> nah that's other people waiting oh no don't worry about it they won't mind you want to take a swing hey, michael sure your shot. you're up oh okay cool uh so we'll play later okay So you, you leave your son with the pregnant girl in the caves and then offer to make it up to him. I don't know how. Ice cream, new bike, Disney World. You know, all these Michael clearly are wonderful options. Then you literally run away from him when it's your turn in the golf game. I, I'm sure the clip didn't communicate the, the running wonderfully, but he literally says, you know, upon being told that it's his turn, he, he says his bit to Walt and then literally runs off. Michael, 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 I, I, I have no advice for you. I don't know. Um, moving on in the in the showdown between Rousseau and uh, Said, it's it's amazing the the fine line that Mira Furlan, the actress, uh, th- that she walks between alone but not crazy and just crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, it's. I, I, you know she she she's one of these um, she's one of these characters obviously that's kind of the uh, beloved and uh, and you know that we keep in our hearts. It was wonderful to see her uh, return in the Flash Sideways, and it's it's the acting, it's the acting, it's the acting. Um, moving on, uh, one more one more clip to discuss, uh, one of massive irony. I me in the next life, if not in this one. What? The writing on the back of Nadia's photograph. I know what it's like to hold on to someone. Now, I will admit, when I initially re-watched this episode for the podcast, I had written down that, sure, Sa- uh, Saeed and Nadia reunited off-island, but they do not meet again in the next life, and that, that's reserved for Shannon. I had misremembered. As you know, after I'm done disp- discussing the podcast, I usually take a look at Lostpedia to straighten me out or, or whatnot. Um, let's briefly just skip ahead to that little tidbit from Lostpedia. Uh, it, indeed, to be fair, Nadia and Saeed do meet in the Flash Sideways world, and I, I feel silly that I had forgotten that, to me, though the the initial uh, sort of irony of the clip remains as we look back, because Nadia is set up as the love of his life, and yeah, for his life, for the course of his life on this earth, she is his great love. But uh, to me, it's a sweeter uh, it's a sweeter conclusion to see that the 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 big love in his heart, the one who he indeed meets and moves on with in the next life, is Shannon. I know there was some debate after the final episode that aired on that particular uh, topic. Uh, and, well, in two and a half years, when we get to discuss that episode, uh, we'll, we'll discuss it further, certainly. But to me, I'm okay knowing that here the seed is planted, that uh, Nadia is a great love to Saeed. Uh, and I'm also okay with the fact that there, you know he holds in his heart as the, the show moves forward, he ho- he holds in his heart uh, a love for Shannon as well. Um, as the episode is starting to wrap up, uh, or specifically as the golf game is wrapping up, uh, as I mentioned before, Ethan appears in the background just as an extra, just like Hive guy, Sullivan. Uh, Ethan's a little out of focus, but there, but there, but there. You can't miss it once you know who he is. It's a nice, subtle, well-crafted touch. And, uh, well, with that, we start to wrap up. The episode ends with kind of the wind and the whispers that you can hear now. It's a very cool ending. And I remember being completely spooked out by it the first time I saw the episode. But, frankly, this is just kind of another case where the episode just stops. It doesn't really feel over. And, I mean, to be fair, okay, Saeed leaves, he gets captured, he escapes and comes home. In that kind of literary sense, um, the episode is over. But, it, to me, it just kind of feels like it just, it's almost like a cliffhanger for the sake of a cliffhanger. Just uh, uh, Maybe it's just even the way it's shot. A close-up of Saeed whispers all around him. If he were to be running off, running away from camera after coming for his close-up, perhaps that would have... Uh, i don't know give me a bit more of a sense of uh, closure for the episode but whatever <laughs> if it propels us to the next episode the fantastic beloved episode that, that's next week uh fine so be it i mean i can't wait to to re-watch raised by another and, and to discuss it but uh first we must wrap up this episode and no i'm not doing my plug for the web page etc yet um uh, various other things from Lostpedia, in addition to the Nadia bit. Uh, the mystery of the cable won't be solved until season three's penultimate episode, Greatest Hits. Uh, I did not mention that earlier, just uh, to be honest, I couldn't have told you that the name of the episode was Greatest Hits off the top of my head. Um, also, there's a bit, I, you know, starting to look ahead to Raise by Another, there's a bit of a, well, there's trivia on this, but I don't know that I totally buy it. But here's what Lostpedia says. This episode had production number 108, uh, ha, 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 had a production number 108, while the following episode, raised by another, had production number 107, which is to say that they were meant to be produced in reverse order. It was confer- confirmed by the producers that the episodes were written in that order, raised by another and then uh, uh, solitary written in that order, and that the ending scenes were re-edited when it was decided to switch their order. Now, well, let me, let me finish the bit of trivia here. In an interview, Jorge Garcia said that the episodes were switched uh, because it would be strange for the characters to start playing golf when Claire and Charlie were missing. I mean, okay, fine, fair enough. To me, it just doesn't quite... I, I guess here's my question. You have in this episode... Um, have the introduction of Ethan as uh, somebody who helps uh, Locke hunt. Together, they find the golf course. Uh, the golf course um, accoutrements that let Hurley do the golf course. But in Raised by Another, you have Hurley doing the census. So I guess what they're saying is this: that you would have had, you would have had and I'm kind of going here in my memory of Raised by Another, which I haven't seen for a while, you would have Ethan introduced as Hurley's kind of walking around in the jungle. Uh, you would have Hurley then doing his census. Uh, I believe there's then a second scene where maybe he talks to Ethan again, but anyhow, the census bit. Then that episode would end. Then you would have, in this episode, Ethan reappearing, Oh, I found the golf bag, blah, blah, blah. The golf course business. The golf course business, which Charlie appears in. Charlie is on the golf course. And then... I, I i guess my point is this. With Charlie to appear on the golf course, that suggests to me that they had... That these switches were made sometime during shooting. And furthermore... It would have been, I mean, look, I don't mind there being big seeds planted that only you only figure out later on and whatnot. To have Hurley do a census one week and then the next week to say, hey, Jack, remember the census I did last week? Well, this episode is almost over, but there's somebody who wasn't on the census, and that was Ethan. Cut to the cliffhanger of Ethan saying, hello, Claire. That would have been sloppy. This was a good choice in, in editing uh, or, or editing at some level of the script of your uh, when you're doing the shooting, whatever it might be, that would have been a problem. The way it is now, where there's just kind of this quiet insertion of Ethan and some other guy Sullivan uh, here to discuss, you know, the various goings on at camp, and then to build it a little more next episode to hit that uh, that that cliffhanger next week. That's that makes sense. That's that's not. Uh, talking down to your audience, that's not, you know, spelling things out. Good choice, good choice. Um, and it just makes me look ahead even more so as I truly do start to wrap up now in what has been my longest podcast thus far. I cannot wait to rewatch, to do clips for, and to podcast next week's episode 1010. Well, 1010, way to go. 110 Raised by Another. See how excited I am? I can't even count properly. One ten raised by another is going to be just absolutely fantastic. It's, to my mind, it's one of the great episodes. Anyhow, that's something for us to look forward to next week. Please don't forget that uh, new episodes of this podcast uh, hit uh, my website on Fridays. Usually that means iTunes on Saturday, and then it's appearing on the Lost Podcasting Network sometime over the weekend. Uh, So if you'd like to get it on the website, Uh, The website is lookingbackatlost.poddean.com. You can leave a comment there. Uh, If you'd like to say hello, give feedback, you could uh, check me out on Twitter, twitter.com slash lookingbacklost. Uh, You also can send an email or record uh, record a voice message with your iPhone or iPod Touch. And that or your text email can be emailed to lookingbackatlost, all one word, all spelled out back at lost at gmail.com and uh it this just continues to be such a fun hobby it's fantastic every week to be going back uh on these uh on these episodes of lost with you i appreciate so much to see that people are listening to the show enjoying the show and i hope that you just continue to listen see you next week again for episode 110 raised by another take care to talk to, to touch.